Praise the Lord. This is Jacob Lovelace with The Promise Church, and we want to welcome you to our new podcast, Messages from the Promise. We want you to be blessed by the word of the Lord that's shared here each week at The Promise Apostolic Church. Hope these words richly bless you. God bless. Psalm chapter 91. I'm going to read a couple of verses there, and then we're going to go over to Luke 15. Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. That's encouraging in itself. Look at verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers... And under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. His truth, Jake, shall be your shield and your buckler. How many of you thankful for truth? Verse 10. These, we're getting my glasses off. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels. Don't look at your neighbor and say it. (laughs) Just say his angels. We usually say look at your neighbor and say, don't look at your neighbor. He'll give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Luke chapter 15. Just going to read a couple of verses there. Luke chapter 15. Starting with verse number 4. What man of you, having... And hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. He said, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the whole house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Listen to verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Who repenteth. 
I want to talk to you for just a few moments today. I want to encourage our church. When angels rejoice, when angels rejoice, let's pray and ask God to bless us with his word today. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're thankful, encouraged even by the words that have been read in our hearing today. God, I thank you for your word and I pray, Lord, that you would bless us, anoint me in spite of me, in spite of my insufficiencies and my failures. I, I fail you daily, God, but I'm thankful for your grace and mercy. And I'm praying that grace and mercy would stand up in me to share what you've laid on my heart to share with this great church today. And God, we won't fail to give you all the praise, all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. That's all right if we sit down and give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen. There are a number of different types or orders of angels in the Bible. I'm going to take my time because I'm, I'm not going to be long. So just, just stay with me. Cliff, there are a number of, of, of what some people call types or, or the order of angels in the Bible. It is said that there are at least nine different types and orders of angels in the Word of God. But we are confident, certainly, in the fact that there are at least three different orders of angels that we are all of us familiar with their first is what we know as a seraphim you've heard that if you've been in church any time at all been around the church studied the word of god at all you have heard the term seraphim this is the order of angel that's most associated with the presence of god isaiah chapter 6 Starting with verse number one, you know this passage well. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw also the Lord. Amen. He was high and he was lifted up and his train filled the temple. And then he said, above it stood the seraphim. This order of angel he's talking about. He said, above that throne was the seraphim. And he said, each one of them had six wings. Now, I want you to think about that. This, this particular order of angel, the seraphim, it had six wings. And if you look at that verse, it said, with two of those wings, he covered his feet. And with two of those wings, he covered his face, or the Bible said, with twain. And then with the other two, these seraphims, I don't know how many there were. Uh, normally, you see angels uh, in, in legions or often in legions. So who, who knows how many were around the throne? But Isaiah said, when I saw what was going on in heaven that day, that there were these seraphim angels that had six wings, and with two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. Ain't that wild? And the Bible said that, that what, what those angels, man, I, I, 
feel the Holy Ghost because I know what I'm fixing to say to you. The Bible said that those angels were just flying around the throne as God sat on that throne, high and lifted up. And here's what those angels were doing. They were just saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Holy. I don't know how many of them there were, possibly hundreds or even thousands. And all they were doing was covering their face, covering their feet and flying around the throne of God and saying, you're holy. You're holy. We sing songs like that around here sometimes. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so the seraphim was often associated with the presence of God. Cherubims is another order. Some have argued that the cherubim is the highest order of angel. The boss angel, if you will, the muscle Amen, like Riley's man there. He got some, if he was an angel, I'd call him a cherubim. You know, the cherubim's the boss, you know. They guarded things. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that the cherubims guarded some of the most sacred things in the word of God. You remember when Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden. The Bible says in Genesis chapter three, verse number 24, that the Lord placed cherubims at the east of the Garden of Eden. And what those angels did, they were given a flaming sword. And if anybody tried to get in that Garden of Eden, that they were to take that flaming sword and cut that individual down. Nobody was to have access to the tree of life anymore that was in the Garden of Eden. And so those highest order, the, the muscle, if you will, in the, in the order of angels were placed there to guard that sacred place. If you remember in the building of the temple, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, there were, there were two angels that sat upon the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant and they were made out of pure gold and those were cherubims. Man, I, I, just talk about angels. Just, I'm getting goosebumps, you know, just thinking about the order of angels. And so cherubims were to guard and then there are what we know as archangels. Archangels, the archangel Gabriel and Michael and these were messenger angels and they were warrior angels. The book of Revelation chapter number seven verse or, or Revelation 12 verse number seven says that there was war in heaven. If you go read the book of Revelation it says there, were, there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels made war with that old dragon talking about the devil. And so archangels are warrior angels or messenger angels. You see, it will be the voice of the archangel, that messenger angel. Brother Ben, one of these days, I've done many graveside services with that man right back there. Uh, we've worked, we're a great team and God has blessed, put us together. And how many times have I talked about the voice of the archangel at a graveside service. The Bible says that when that voice of that archangel and the trump of God shall sound, 
that the dead, y'all ain't hearing me yet. It's gonna be the voice of an archangel that one of these days, the greatest thing that's ever happened in the world before or after, that that voice of the archangel and the trump of God is gonna sound and the Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know what's gonna initiate that? You gonna know what's gonna make those graves begin to shake and rumble and move and dirt begin to, hey, it's gonna be the voice of that archangel, that messenger angel. It's time to go home. It's time to get up out of that grave. Payday. Woo! Amen. Somebody ought to say woo. Amen. That's wooable. That's something to woo about. The voice of the archangel. Amen. Angel or angels appears in the word of God. That word angel or angels appears in the word of God literally hundreds and hundreds of times in scripture. And for us to try to exhaust that, that would be exhausting. And so I'm not going to try and do that today, but I, I really feel like that God has spoke to me concerning this church, Christian, and concerning where we are, the things that are going in our world today to encourage us here at the promise. The apostle Peter, the same apostle, I'm about halfway done. Somebody ought to say, praise the Lord. Amen. The apostle Peter, the same apostle Peter that preached the very first message of salvation in the New Testament talks about just how awesome and how amazing our salvation is. And Haley Drew, the way he drives home the point of how amazing salvation is, the greatest miracle that ever happened in your life is you getting saved. Amen. We talk about him healing cancer and healing this and touching that and moving in that. If he never did anything else in your life, the greatest thing that ever happened, the greatest miracle that ever happened to an individual is salvation. Amen. That one day when that archangel... It's going to be salvation that answers the voice of that archangel one of these days. The greatest miracle is salvation. That's why Paul called it so great, salvation. And as Peter is trying to get the point across to us how great it is, I, I want to turn to 1 Peter chapter number 1. And I'm going to read you just a few verses there, starting with verse 9. Peter says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation, now listen, here's how he tries to show us how important it is. He says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory, amen, that should follow, amen. There was gonna be great glory that followed the suffering 
of Christ. Now look at verse 12. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel sent with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Look at that next line there, the last line there in that verse. Which things the angels desire to look into. He says that salvation was so great that the prophets of old searched it, diligently searched it, and told us about the suffering of Jesus and the glory that should follow. It's such a great salvation that the angels desire to look into it. They foretold of the suffering of Christ and the glory that would follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but they shared it with us. He said, and then, here's what he's talking about. Can I just put it in big John terms? He said, and then the Holy Ghost fell on us. And then we shared that great and glorious salvation with all of you. What Peter's referring to is when the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. Amen. When the Holy Ghost came and he for the first time preached the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And then when they heard that message, how they were to respond to the fact that Jesus had died for them. When he preached, you need to repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 28 and 9 he said this, to whom shall he teach knowledge? And to whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Then he said in verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. And hear me today, brothers and sisters, the angels that are in heaven, the seraphims and the cherubims and the archangels and all the other order of angels. They don't understand everything that there is to understand about salvation, but they desire to look into it. It is, they are so intrigued by salvation that they desire to look into it. He said the prophets were searching it and the angels were interested in it. Luke 22, I'm hurrying to a hush. Luke 22 describes the night that Jesus was about to give his life for the salvation of the world. The Bible says that as he was in the Garden of Eden praying, that his sweat became as great drops of blood. As he was praying, and thinking about what he was getting ready to go through. When he was there in the garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed this prayer. Lord, if it be possible. Let this cup pass from me. When he thought about a crown of thorns. And a spear in his side. And nails in his hands and his feet. As he contemplated what he was about to have to go through. He began to pray so earnestly. 
and so intensely that the sweat that came out of his brow began to, the capillaries in his skin begin to burst under the intensity of his prayer that he began to bleed as he sweated and thought about what he was about to go through. And the word of God says that an angel came. As he was under such distress, thinking about what he was about to go through and face on that old rugged cross, and his sweat became as drops of blood that an angel showed up to minister to him. You see, some 33 and a half years after an angel had announced the birth of Jesus Christ. Come on, y'all. It was an angel that told Mary, you're blessed and highly favored. Man, I feel the Lord. It was an angel that said, you're gonna have a little boy. Amen. She's like, how in the world can I have a child? I don't know a man. He said, that which is gonna be in you is a, it was an angel that said, that which is gonna be in you is of the Holy Ghost. It was an angel that told her fiance, you go get married and don't you worry about it. Don't, you don't have to hide her. He said, the Holy Ghost is over, gonna overshadow her and that which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. And, and she's gonna call him Jesus because he's gonna save his people. It was an angel. that told him that he would save their people, his people from their sins. She shall bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. See, these sin, sinless heavenly beings, they don't understand everything about salvation, but here, Lauren, is what they do know about it. He left them to come down here. Amen. They don't understand everything. They're sinless. They don't understand what it's like, what me and you have to go through when we mess up and feel guilty and, and we've made a mess of things and, and, and we feel like we've done so bad that we can never turn it around again and God's given up on us and, and God will never take us back. They don't know how that feels. All they know is that one day he loved us enough to leave his throne in glory and leave them up there. The Bible said he came and became a little lower than the angels. That's what Hebrews said, that he loved us enough that he became a little lower than the angels, that he could suffer for the sins of the world. See, it was angels. Oh, I wish I could demonstrate this. As Jesus was hanging on that cross, I'm almost done. As Jesus was hanging on that cross, he said, I could call legions of angels to come take me off this cross. Do you understand that there were thousands and thousands, even tens of thousands of angels that were in heaven while he was hanging on that cross 
and he was about to take his last breath on this earth, there were thousands of cherubims and seraphims with wings out wide. And they were just waiting on the word. All you got to do is say the word. Woo. I feel the Lord. Jesus, all you got to do is say the word. We're standing at attention. We're waiting for you to just say, come. And we'll come to your rescue. And we'll take you off that cross. They don't understand salvation. But they understand this. That all it took was a word from him. And he wouldn't have had to give his life at Calvary. But they agonizingly stayed there. And watched him take his last breath. They wanted to come and help him. Tens of thousands, the highest order of angels, were a word away from taking him down. Luke chapter number 15, Jesus taught a parable. He said, if a woman has 10 coins and she lost one, would she not light a candle? And go looking for that one that she's lost. And he said, that's what it's like in heaven. Oh, I believe there's at least one here today. He said, that's what it's like in heaven. When one, just one sinner comes to repentance. He said, the way that woman diligently went and, and looked for that coin, and then when she's found it, she goes and calls her neighbors. She goes out and she says, hey, y'all, come here. Hey, come to my house. Look, I found that lost coin. Jesus said, that's what happens in heaven when one sinner comes to repentance, that the angels in heaven say, hey, look, hey, there's another one down at the promise. They're walking down that aisle. There's another one down there at the promise in Church Hill, walking up those steps of that bench. That the angel, they may not understand it, but they understand this, that the God of this universe gave his life to see one more. Come to an altar of repentance. And say, God, I'm ready to live for you. I'm ready to turn my life around and be all you want me to be. And the angels of heaven, take notice. The angels in heaven take notice every time a sinner gives their life to Jesus. Every time Someone walks down to this altar. Are y'all hearing me? This place fills up with angels. Every time another one goes down in the name of Jesus Christ, this place fills up with angels. Now listen to Psalm 91. And just let me paraphrase because I am running out of time. He said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And he said down along around verse three or four, Brother Phil, he said, the truth shall be your buckler and your shield. And two different times in Psalm 91, he mentions pestilences. You know what the COVID-19 pandemic is? It's a pestilence. Pestilence means a plague or a disease, airborne or otherwise. And he said, what's going to shield you from, oh, I see, I done lost some of you because you, you, I don't know why that we can trust God for everything else in our life, but we're scared to death. when I was late and y'all was singing something about not being afraid. Are we just singing it or do we believe it? Boy, I got, I got a mixed house right now. Are we, do we really believe what this book says? He said the truth will be your shield and your buckler. And God told me to tell this church today if we'll keep preaching truth and we'll keep reaching for the lost and our primary goal is to see one more come down to this altar and give their life to God and see one more go down in Jesus' name that the angels would fill this building. And he said, I'll give them charge over you. Thank you. Somebody believed it with me. He said, if your primary objective is to see the lost, do you believe in angels? Somebody asked us that one time at Fairview on a Wednesday night. I believe they're real. How else can you explain that time? that you have no idea how that car didn't hit you head on. All you had time to do was say Jesus. And somehow, some way, when you opened your eyes, you were... I'll give my angels charge. somebody how do you believe it truth shall be your shield and your buckler many of you never got to meet one of the greatest men I've ever known in my life G.D. Peters he was my pastor he was always old. You know, there's some people in your life just always old. He, just, he was old when I was 
seven and he was old when I was 27. You know, he's old. Just always old. You got the librarian, you know, where you went to elementary school. She was old when you was in kindergarten today. She looks like she did when you was in kindergarten. Now you're 40. You know, she, some, he was always old. When I was 17, high school, my mom, my parents raised me in church. When I got to high school, the peer pressures and so forth, I, I, I succumbed to those things and got, a, got out of the church and stayed that way till I was about 24. But one Easter, Wendy back there, we were dating. She talked me into going to church on Sunday morning. Man, I had laid out all night long on Saturday night. And when she woke me up, I was like, oh, no, I ain't going. I am not going. But you know how y'all can, you women can be persuasive. So there I went off to church. I had been there, Clifford, and I don't know how many years it had been since I'd been to church. I went to church on that Easter Sunday morning. And my pastor had been away from the church for about six weeks or a month or so. He had had quadruple bypass surgery. And they literally took his heart out of his chest to do all those. He, he was near death. And he shared a testimony that morning on that Easter Sunday morning, Lucas, that I'll never forget. This was his first service back. And I remember he went walking up from the back of the church to the front of the church and he could barely, barely walk up through there because he was old. And he said, while he laid on that operating table, and they had taken his heart out of his chest. He said he had a visitation from God. Brother Greg Craddock, you remember this? How many of you remember this? Several hands. He said, while he laid there on that surgery operating table, he said, God came to him. And he said, Granville, I'm going to let you live. And here's why I'm going to let you live. Because you've preached the truth. Brother Gary Pearson, he lived another 15 years. And the psalmist said, the truth will be a shield and a buckler. And I will give my angels charge over thee. Come Thursday or Friday, every one of us might have a fever and can't get out of the bed. But I believe God has shown favor to this church during this pandemic because we've preached the truth. And our primary reason to continue to have church service is so that one more There might be one more. That would want to 
give their heart to Jesus and turn their life around and serve the living God. If you'd close your eyes and bow your head today. Thank you for joining our podcast. We want to invite you to our church Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoons at 345. We want to say thank you for joining us and also tune in next time for our podcast, Messages from the Promise.